0: friends welcome to dig the plot podcast i'm jada atwood it's almost christmas only one more podcast before the end of my first year as a podcaster i did miss a week due to laryngitis but we're still going to end the year with 51 podcasts, which i am so excited about looking forward to next year I'm still looking for that just extra special something to put into my podcast. I still don't know what it is. I've talked about a book club where I announce the book that we're going to read, and then we talk about it absolutely from beginning to end, which would include that nasty word spoiler, but... I don't know. There are some books that I would love to just dive into and discuss the end because it's just mind blowing, or I didn't understand it, or, or you know, I want your thoughts, or I don't know. I just really can't come up with what I want to do, and I kick ideas around constantly. My husband's tired of hearing the word niche. I really think if he never, ever hears the word niche for his entire life, he will be thrilled. So was my oldest, Ethan. He has crazy ideas. He can come up with stuff off the cuff, but yet, for some reason, can't do that for me. But of course, it's hard when you're not into reading what I read and you don't listen to book podcasts, but I just thought maybe them being outside of the realm of what I do, they might be able to come up with something that would attract, you know, of course, obviously, my husband's the first person to listen to my podcast every time, but, you know, just something that would be like, oh, gosh, I can't wait to see what she says about this this week, so... I don't know if you've got something that you're you think oh this would be it or do this or maybe if you do this or I would look forward to this then you know find me on Instagram I think you can post comments or you can even write reviews you know I've never said that but on Spotify and Apple you can leave a review so if you're listening to me every week please hit those five stars and leave me a review. But seriously, I do would like to find some different things to do. I don't really want to go down the road of interviewing authors, even though I could do that. It seems like 90 percent, oh gosh, probably 95 percent of book podcast interview someone. So that wouldn't be something that would be new. And, you know, if you wrote the book, you really only have certain things you want to say about it. So it would be something that just would be repetitive. So I don't know. I'm sure you all are tired. Of it. I, I've talked about this several times. Still looking for just something a little extra to kick in on this thing we call Dig the Plot. So I'm still going to be here next year. Every week, we're still going to be doing book reviews. So that said, let's dig into it for this week. So last week, we looked at my five top reads from 2020. So this week, we're going to look at my top reads for 2021. Now, I don't really know what I was doing in 2021, but I chose not to narrow it down to a top five. In fact, I've counted it several times, and I think it was like 13. Like, why didn't I do 15? Why didn't I do 10? I have no idea. I think I just threw out what my favorite or what my top, not my top, but what my five-star reads were. It didn't matter what the number and just threw them up in a post, but... We're going to look at those. We're not going to look at all of them because I've noticed that several of these fall under my favorite authors, and if you've listened to me for some time, probably before I even say names, you know who they are. Sally Hepworth, Peter Swanson, Riley Sager, absolute faves of mine, and I've discussed some of their books. So we're going to try to, I tried to go back through my list and pick up on some authors that I've not talked about at all, some of them. I don't even think I've talked about this first one, even though her name's out there probably a little more than some of these others, but just books that you're not seeing plastered all over the place all of the time. So the first one is The Wife Upstairs by Rachel Hawkins. Now, well, let's just talk about Rachel at the end of the book description. So meet Jane. Jane is new to Birmingham, Alabama, and she's a broke dog walker in Thorofield Estates, which the, this estate is a gated community full of bored housewives, the kind of place where no one will notice if Jane lifts the discarded jewelry laying on the side table of her clients. Also, no one will notice or even think to ask or even care if Jane is even her real name. Now, her luck changes when she meets Eddie Rochester. Now, Eddie's recently widowed. And he's Thornfield Estate's most mysterious resident. His wife, Bee, love the name Bee, by the way. My grandmother's name was Beatrice. Okay, let's get a little side note there. <laughs> love the name Bee. She drowned in a boating accident with her best friend. Their bodies were lost to the deep at sea, never to be found again. So, as she and Eddie start to fall for each other, Jane is haunted by the legend of Bee. How's she ever going to measure up to her? Now, I gave this book five stars despite it being very predictable. It's a very enjoyable read, even despite the predictability of it. It's very strongly giving Verity vibes, which I adored. Verity, I could read that again. I think that's really the only book I've liked by Colleen Hoover. She's a great writer, she just doesn't write books that I tend to, um, they're not in my genre. But, man, Verity was great. This is a book that you're going to love to hate the characters. She also gives you a very satisfying ending, and she even happens to throw in an alternate ending. So, But what I was going to state about her earlier is she is definitely not one of my favorite authors. I could not stand Reckless Girls. Like, that was just I kept reading it, and I finished it. Couldn't wait to buy it. Beautiful cover had read great reviews about it, and uh, after every chapter, I was like, are you kidding me? What in the world? Now, I read this, I think, prior to my podcast. We may have to go back and go over that one, but, and then I didn't even finish the villa, and it was hugely popular, but absolutely adored the wife upstairs, so I am recommending this one. Now, my next one is, oddly enough, we've been upstairs, so now we're going to go to the Downstairs Neighbor by Helen Cooper. So from her downstairs apartment in suburban London, Emma Emma has often overheard the everyday life of the seemingly perfect family that lives upstairs, Steph, Paul, and their daughter Freya, but she's never got to know them until one day Freya has vanished and the police are questioning Steph and Paul about their life. Soon the effects of Freya's disappearance affects not only her parents, but everyone who lives in the building, including Emma. Emma. And the local driving instructor, Chris, who was the last person to see Freya alive. Now, there is a lot going on in this book, but somehow I kept it all straight. It's like a soap opera with lots of secrets, lots of drama among all the tenants. And now, I don't like busyness in a book. I don't like 20 different characters with 20 different storylines, but this one worked. So, highly recommend The Downstairs Neighbor by Helen Cooper. All right, next is Slow Fire Burning by Paula Hawkins. She's another favorite of mine. She also wrote The Girl on the Train and Into the Water. Recommend all three of them. You can go pick up any one of them today and, in my opinion, love them. So I just think they're all must-reads. So when a young man is found gruesomely murdered in a London on a London houseboat, it triggers questions about the three women who knew him best. Donald Sutherland, yeah, oh my gosh, Donald Sutherland, isn't he an actor? Okay, this isn't the actor. (laughs) Was brutally stabbed and a young, bloody girl is seen leaving the houseboat in the early morning hours. So now Laura is the troubled one-night stand that's seen leaving the houseboat. Now she admits to fighting with, his name is Daniel. Daniel. That's hilarious. And, you know, I could go back and edit this out, but I'm not. I absolutely 100% in my notes write down Donald Sutherland. I guess that's what I was thinking about when I wrote it. But his name is Daniel. <laughs> so that's hilarious. Um, I guess I saw the last name and then just thought of the actor. But Daniel was fighting with Laura, but she says he was very much alive when she left him. Now, Miriam is the nosy next-door neighbor that seen Laura leaving the houseboat and reported to the police. She's also the one that found his body. Now, Miriam wrote a memoir. It was a book about her teenage experience with a serial killer, but somehow her book was stolen from her by a best-selling author who copied it and wrote it as fiction, and she lives very close to this person. Now, you're also going to read bits of this book that she's wrote inside this book. So the author is Theo Meyerson, is the one that stole the book. And that is Daniel's uncle by marriage, who was married to the third woman of interest, Carla. So all of these people are connected in some way. And as the book progresses, it reveals just exactly how close they are there. And again, there's a lot going on. Like my mind just was like, I can't believe you read this, Jada, because just trying to describe it and even make it make sense to you was a lot. But she did a phenomenal job with character development, even with all of these different characters. And I had no problem keeping up. And the title describes the book perfectly. It's definitely a slow fire burning, which means it is a slow, well, it's just a slow burn. That's what it is. I actually read, and I don't know if it was this book or maybe the one I just talked about before this, that someone said they love the book. But they made a pie chart, not a pie chart, they made a chart, I guess, and wrote down everybody's name and then drew arrows to who they were connected to just so when they got confused they could look back and say, okay, this person was connected to this person, this person was connected. So it completely makes sense. I can see why with this book and the previous book, The Downstairs Neighbor, because there is so much going on. But really enjoyed them. Okay, the next book is The Housekeeper by Natalie Borelli. So... If you read any of the books that I mentioned today, which I'm going to mention maybe one or two more, this is the one that I think you should read. So if you close out this podcast and you're like, which one should I choose? Choose The Housekeeper. This was my absolute fave. Well, I mean, that's just me going back and looking at my reviews, but I think this would be my top pick. So Claire's overweight. She's lazy. And the best way to describe her is she's just plain strange. She rents a room from her only friend, April, and works two days a week in a doctor office to pay her rent. And I think that the only, that's the only reason why she works is just to pay this rent and not be kicked out. Like, she doesn't have any aspirations for anything else in life. So, Claire hasn't always been like this. She used to be thin. She had long blonde hair. She was beautiful and she was rich. But it's all gone now, along with her parents. So, one day, a chance sighting of Hannah Wilson in a hair salon sends Claire into a spiral. Hannah is the reason that she lost everything 10 years ago, and revenge is all that Claire has on her mind. Now, she just happens to see that Hannah is advertising for a housekeeper, and Natalie immediately turns on the charm and is hired for the job. But soon, Claire learns that she isn't the only one with a motive, and she's no longer the cat, but the mouse. This was such a good read. So good. Lots of twists, lots of surprises. And I love it when you think you know what's going to happen and then bam, you've got whiplash because it's nothing like what you think. It is. The plot is so clever. It's a very fast read. In fact, if you are a fast reader, and you can probably read this in one sitting. It, it's great. It's, it was really unlike anything that I had ever read before. I wish that I had looked up to see if I have read anything else by this author and what else that she's written, because it doesn't, and other books aren't coming to mind just right off the bat, but now I know also what you're thinking. How could Claire conceivably believe that Hannah would not recognize her when they were friends and had all this going on 10 years ago, but I have this person <laughs> that comes to my mind As soon as I read that, and it came to my mind again when I was reviewing this and making notes from high school that made a complete transformation. Like, she does not, if you put her before me and said, can you tell me who this is, you went to high school with her. In no shape or form, no way, no how could I have told you who she was. I mean, it's still hard to believe it's the same person. So it's completely plausible that this could happen. So, again, if you only pick one book from this podcast that you're going to read, go choose The Housekeeper by Natalie Borelli. I think it'll be unlike anything that you've read before. Okay, finally, we're going to look at All Is Not Forgotten by Wendy Walker. So, everything seems picture perfect in the town of Fairview, Connecticut, until one night the unthinkable happens. Jenny Kramer is brutally attacked At a local party, just when she decides to step outside to clear her head, just kind of step away from everything that was going on inside. Immediately after Jenny is given, immediately after she's given a controversial drug to medically erase her memory of the violent assault that she's just undergone. But as she starts to heal from her physical wounds, she wrestles with her emotional memory. Now, Jenny's dad, Tom, is obsessed with finding justice, and her mother, Charlotte, just tries to pretend that this event didn't happen, let's just forget about it, and just move on. Now, let's not forget that the attacker is still out there. You know, they've erased this from her memory, but yet everything, you know, is still very real. It happened. So... Even though I loved this book and gave it five stars, I was so confused. This was part of my review. And oddly enough, I didn't read into it at that time because going back and looking at my review now and then looking at other reviews made perfect sense why I said this. So I was so confused in the beginning. So when I first began reading, I had no clue who was telling this story. And I stayed confused for quite some time. And I think I was a little frustrated until I finally figured out who it was. And it was just so nice to read other reviews that other people were completely confused, which I guess that's what the author wanted it. They didn't want you to know. Until she told you who was actually telling the story. And the entire story is told from the point of view of Dr. Alan Forrester, The psychiatrist that treated Jenny and her parents. And it is told brilliantly. I mean it's just a brilliant story. I feel like it also will be different from anything else you have read. Most authors 100% would have told this from Jenny's point of view and probably alternated between her and her parents. And when you finish reading it, you're going to completely understand why it was told completely from this doctor's point of view. Um, so, yeah, these last two books that I've talked about, you know, and even when I go back and read the synopsis of All Is Not Forgotten, you're like, she took a drug, and now she don't remember, that's kind of weird, I don't know, it just, it all makes sense when you read it, and it's just a really good book. So I tried to name the books from 2021, like I said, that you may have not seen a lot reviewed, these are older books, and the other books that I did mention, just oddly enough, in no random order, Eight Perfect Murders by Peter Swanson, I mean, I said it last week. You can't go wrong with Peter Swanson. We Are the Brennans by Tracy Lange, another great book. Little Cruelties by Liz Nugent. She is top five author. She's just, her writing just speaks to me, I guess you'd say. I just love her. The Kind Worth Killing by Peter Swanson, again. Home Before Dark by Riley Sager. The Maidens by Alex Michael Aids. I was surprised at that. I really was. I didn't realize that made my top. It's clearly not as good as The Silent Patient. And I guess I still loved it in its own right and gave it five stars. But I was surprised looking back on this this weekend that that was there. The Good Sister by Sally Hepworth. She's awesome. You can find every single one of her books in our local library. And then also Don't Look For Me by Wendy Walker. I was shocked to see this. That I had two books that year by Wendy Walker, so we're just going to go ahead and throw this one in there because evidently she was an author that I loved back then, I, and I've actually, I think I'm, I've went on Libby and requested everything she's wrote, which may be two more books that I've not read, but let's go ahead and throw this synopsis out before we end for today. But Molly Clark knows she will never get over accidentally running over her nine-year-old daughter in the driveway. Her husband and two other children can't seem to forgive or forget it either. Yet she gets up every day. She tries to be a wife. She tries to be a mother. So one day on her way back from her son's football game, she runs into a terrible storm. And after running out of gas, she accepts a ride from a man offering her a ride. And she felt at ease because he had a little girl with him she had no idea that she had made the biggest mistake of her life the story is told that she is simply so the townspeople you know everybody's talking and they're like well she just walked off from her life because she couldn't handle it anymore and her daughter nicole knows that she absolutely would not leave her family so nicole discovers that everyone has something to hide in hastings including her mother very fast-paced thriller the characters are well developed i loved all the suspense that she threw out And like I said, I had just really forgot how great that this author was. So I think I saw two more books that she had written, so maybe four in all. But I've requested those other two on Libby and very much look forward to reading them. She's just an easy-to-read author. I think sometimes people complicate things. People's names can complicate books for me. If you give me a name that I can't pronounce I'm going to struggle, and sometimes I just want to rename that character because I have a re- like, I have to be able to say that in my head, so sometimes authors just can muddy the waters with just nonsense, but Wendy is definitely one that does not do that. I like just an easy-to-read. If you you get a mild distraction, you don't lose everything that you've just read. I'm actually reading a book right now by Kim- Kimberly McCreet. That's what I'm currently reading. It's like mother, like daughter. Gosh, it's so heavy with just things that I don't feel are important to the story. Sometimes I'd like to rewrite things. I've often thought about maybe writing my own alternate ending to books, but then again, there you'd be with a spoiler. I don't know. Anyway, let's <laughs> and let's not talk about that again, my niche. But There's just a lot of stuff that's put into it that distracts away from what's really going on. But I'm almost done with that book, so that review will be coming up before the end of the year. So, I mean, that's it for this week. Um, Yeah, that's it. I can't believe we're closing down for another year with one more podcast, of course. I'll probably just do book reviews next week, and then we'll kick off January with... My favorite books for 2023, What You Need to Read in 2024. I always like to go over the Goodreads Book Awards. I feel like they're going to be shocking this year. I don't know why I think that. I voted. But, of course, I don't think they've released those. But looking forward to what January has to bring. So be sure and join me next week for more book reviews. Listening to this week's Dig the Plot, be sure and follow me on Instagram at digtheplot underscore. Join me next week. See you then.